Hello, everybody. Today you have Jake and Seth, and we're discussing the 1981 David Cronenberg film Scanners, starring Jennifer O'Neill, Stephen Lack, Patrick McGowan, Lauren Stain, but the only one that really matters, the Michael Ironside. And it the budget's not released, so that means it was made for probably nothing. Um, but it made 14.2. Th- this movie, big success um, financially, critically. Um, and one of the things that's mentioned, too, is that this, off of the success of Brood, it was really showing, it was really big, not only for Canada, in terms of, like, it, in terms of Cronenberg being a Canadian director and this being pr- produced from a Canadian uh, film company, it was like so it was some of the most success in terms of box office, box office success for Canadian films or artists. Um, I don't know. That's not what I knew it for. I just knew it, it was crazy. This is actually the first time I saw this film, but this is one of those films that I hadn't seen before, but was really familiar with. I'd seen the scene of the exploding head. I knew Ironside was in it. I knew a lot about it. I knew it was body horror. I just hadn't had the opportunity to see it. So for me, this was a really fun watch. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I, I get it. It is a fun movie. I think everybody, I remember when I was like a teenager, I would hear about this movie because it, it just had this like notoriety about the exploding head scene. And like people would kind of be like, hey man, you ever seen scanners? Like this dude's head explodes. And like I, if you have no context to it, it just kind of sounds like a crazy thing. Um, I will say though, I don't know that any other movie really matches the head explosion. So it like, for whatever reason, this movie is always going to be kind of known for that one moment. But I'll also say like having watched it again, the movie does still kind of hold up. Um, and yeah, for Cronenberg, I know the brood was before this, but I did, in my mind, this is kind of when his career starts to take off. Not long after this, he does dead zone and then the fly. And like the fly is kind of when he peaks, I guess, in popularity. Um, but yeah, this is like, still a lot of body horror stuff going on I, i've always enjoyed cronenberg's ability to use violence effectively and sometimes i think people other directors will use it kind of gratuitously or for shock value but i always feel like the violence in his movie even up to like something like the history of violence which is much later in his career i always feel like there's a point he's trying to make to the audience about why it is so intense um and it, it kind of reminds me of tarantino too where like in his mind movies and like having experiences with movies there's a reason we want to use violence in movies so that you don't experience it in real life in a certain way and so i've always kind of appreciated that aspect of it i think when people do it the right way i know at one point this movie was almost got an x rating because of the head explosion scene but if you watch it now it's it, i mean it's not it's not funny it still comes off almost realistic i guess but Again, there's other there's other scenes in the movie too where you just kind of like, man, this dude's face is melting and all kinds of stuff. Happens. Well, I think the the real genius of the shot is well, first of all, it, at the end of the day, I don't think it's that much more upsetting than what you get in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like in terms of like a yeah. face melting, like is this a little more graphic? Yeah, but like I'm sorry, face melting versus fa- head exploding. It's kind of like six was it uh, half a. Oh, what's it? Six one way, half a dozen the other, or the phrase. It's like basically like, come on, like what do we realize? And but the thing, this is what really shook. I don't want to say shook me because I, I should say what I think made it really effective. It happens in the first few minutes with a character you don't know, and it's actually how they introduce the villain and the power set. It's just 
Yeah. And there's when I think of body horror, I, what I really think of is like spectacle and kind of like the worst way. Like it to me, to me, that's like whether body horror is almost like those old like torture porn things, which are really just body horror in a different way. It's like it you're they're getting a reaction for you, like not from the story or the acting, but from like a visceral, like yeah. like the viscerally like just seeing that, like I just transmitting that in your brain. It's like more so like yeah, it's more visceral than like anything like actually artistic to me. Uh, but I don't feel that way with this film. I don't feel that way really at all with Cronenberg. And, and you said it, and I, I know, I think this is usually meant with a negative connotation, like stylized violence. Uh, to me, it, to me, that can mean one, two things. Like it, it's bad when they're having like in a comic book film, like for example, superheroes smashing buildings with innocent people in them just so it looks cool like without like to me that's not like that's you're kind of missing the whole point of the heroism in that um but like and i'm saying this for a reason i just saw black adam in theaters recently i won't go into that um i like the film but there's a lot of like collateral damage in the film and to me like i doubt that film was ever considered for an x even though there's like pretty much like or like in comic book films, there's tons of violence, but it's usually happening to a CGI character or like a henchman, and exactly. it's okay. Like, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that, that like, if this scene was done today, it'd be done with some element of CGI. Um, the fact that they have to use practical effects and like the, the amount of painstaking work they went through, and like it's kind of a split second shot. Like, it's not even, I think they make it really quick to try to, again, tone down the rating a little bit, but it's like the amount of work they go to to get that thing to look realistic enough that it is the guy's head exploding. It's just, they went through a lot and like, they tried a lot of different versions. They tried like wax versions. They, they tried all kinds of different materials and eventually it kind of turned into this like silicon latex thing. But then even the, the explosion itself, it, they, they couldn't use normal pyrotechnics. You know, they didn't, every time they tried it, it would kind of have this smoky after effect and they didn't want any kind of like smoke or explosion. They literally want it to be this kind of like mental eruption, basically, where the head just kind of explodes, but there wouldn't be any smoke or fire inside of it or anything like that. So, and like, I think the guy ends up using a double barreled shotgun with like salt in it or something to, to kind of get the effect to look right. But it is, again, like, I think having all the, the tactile effects and having all the practical effects and like going through a process to get a shot like that, I just think it's, it's so much more cool and interesting that somebody be like, well, we'll spend a million dollars on CGI and they'll figure it out post. And it's just kind of like, you know, you don't have to worry about it when you're shooting the film. I bet they could, it's probably long and tedious and annoying, but I bet they could film that scene today. They basically just use plaster and meat and like, <laughs> and like, and certain stuff. I, all I want to say is in terms of the effect, it worked. Like it's, and also like to your point, like, and we talk about this all the time. Like, this is the best example. This is a 40 year old effect that's still cutting edge. Like the, be, yeah, and, the, and still is like notorious. Yeah. And, 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 and one of the things I, I, I just to hammer home again before, and this is what you alluded to, but in terms of the violence, like with Cronenberg's violence, that one head explosion, like it's very, it's gross. It's violent, but like, there is more cost to me there. Like it's more human. Like there's a more human cost there. Like, or right, let me, yeah. there's more human, I feel like reactions to the trauma and violence in this film than there are in a lot of comic book films. Like, and I'm not here putting comic book films on blast or modern action films, but 
to hear that this almost got an X rating, like outside of this one effect, I granted it's very graphic, but this isn't an X rated film. Like there's not even like without this X, without the head, head explosion, like I don't think it would be like, it's no, violent. I'm not even sure that there's any curse words in the movie thinking, thinking back on it. I don't think anyone's using like foul language or anything. There's no nudity. There's no sex. No scenes. sex. So yeah, like I think that, like you're right. I mean, nothing about it would be. It would. I mean, it should probably be like a PG-13 movie today. Um, but yeah, I think that one scene was tough to get by people, like the MPAA doing the ratings and everything. And I understand that. I mean, a, a dude like to see a man's head <laughs> explode on film the way, like just so broad daylight like that. And I mean, it, it is. I could I could totally understand in the early '80s seeing something like that and being completely bald. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, and to be honest, I will say as, as much as it, as it upsets me, they almost gave it an X rating. At the same time, I'm also like, you could have given it an X rating for that alone. Like it's it's so graphic, and um, we've been talking about this. We've been talking about this one effect for so long, but like I think part of it too is like it's so important the film like really moves fast and it's like there's more i think theme it's more rich in theme than story is the way i kind of view it um yeah i mean like you said though I, the, the effect it does have a good effect on the plot line because it really shows you the power of revit or the michael ironside character who's the villain and the fact that he can scan this person and explode his head it lets the viewer know like this is the this is the most powerful scanner like this guy can do things beyond regular ESP, ESP telekinetic type stuff. Like this guy got inside someone's mind and blew it up. And it's like, that's, you know, that's a scary amount of power. And one more thing there, just to hit on that. They did an excellent job of demonstrating. I mean, a lot of it's face acting and we have a mutual friend, Blake and Blake, we always jokes that uh, like our joke, my joke with Blake is that, he loves Star Wars, but whenever they try and use the Force, he's like, he just can't handle it because it's just two guys like holding their hands out, going like, nah, 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 nah. and it's like kids, and like he does the South Park, nah, 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 nah. and all that aside, like yes, most of the times, like mental powers on screen don't look great. It's like really more of a comic book medium. But with that being said, they do an excellent job here because like the face acting, physical acting. From a lot, several people in this film is really great. Um, uh, great way to introduce the character. It's hard to pull that off and make it and connect with the view. I think that it could be a movie, like if you do that wrong, there would be a ton of unintentional comedy. And for whatever reason, it is believable when they are scanning people and when their faces start twitching and they start getting wide eyed and really intense. Um, because again, I think it, with the wrong kind of actors, it could come off as really hokey and it could kind of ruin the tone of your movie. And so, yeah, like a lot does kind of hinge on that stuff. It's like borderline pantomime. It's very hard. Like it's like the, it's either your caricature or you look like Gandalf. And I mean, like, I'm like, you're either Ian McKellen, like Gandalf the Grey, or, or you look, look no offense you look at christopher lee in one of the later films like it's just like it's uh and that's kind of inside joke christopher lee actually they all hated the cgi but i'm losing myself here they really credit to cronenberg i, I was really impressed um, the thing i kept coming back to with this film is i liked Ironside, but just really impressed with cronenberg like the like it, it was just for, yeah for like a low budget like horror movie 
to kind of pull off what he does with it um, as like a young director, it is it is pretty impressive because like, and the fact that it is still kind of a remembered movie for him, um, I think a lot of other people, this would have ended up being more of a mess kind of, and like would have been just kind of like an early movie that you know a director made to try to get their career going. But he does kind of make it a piece of art in a way, and like kind of has a point or, and like really good thematics throughout it. Um, I was going to ask you, Jake, actually, do you believe in like ESP telekinetic stuff? Do you think there are people in this world that can do I will say like there are comic book versions of this. This is a very kind of like uh, real world, I guess, um, vision of like people with these type of powers. And like it did kind of make me wonder, like, do I think people can really do this? Uh, I, I would say I'm kind of a skeptic, I guess. So I, I I would say I'm an open skeptic. So part of this, um, it's called like Stargate. Like there's an idea of like astral projection, which is like actually like it's been documented. Major governments have spent millions of dollars and like resources, military resources, developing people who they could astral project. And they spent decades on them and then stopped. So it's like, did they work? Didn't they? I don't know, but like it's then the question is, were they dumb for spending that long on them or like and it didn't work or did they work and now they're just secret? Like it just I guess where I'm coming at it from is I've never seen clearly and I have not I don't have the evidence. And it's not like and I do I do know some people say like it runs in families. They have a grandma like I don't have I don't have any firsthand or secondhand evidence like that. But like that to me, the most interesting thing is the amount of resources that the CIA and KGB put into like this type of mental acuity for decades. Uh, to be honest, I think like if I had to make a choice, I would say I think it might be real, but not in the way it's depicted in the film. Like I, I think of like to me, ESP is like when a parent calls their child, like, is everything okay? And like something happened, like they're in a car accident. Right. And the kid, yeah. like, like, yeah. like you hear those stories and like, yeah, I mean, you also have 7 billion people and like things just happen. Like coincidences, like the coincidences do happen. And, yeah. but at the same but, time. I mean, yeah, like I, I kind of, re- I think there's, I think it happens in a much lighter shade. Yes, yes. Like in this movie, yeah. Like I don't believe people can really get inside other people's heads and make them shoot other things or themselves or blow up their brains. It's just that level of power no. I don't believe exists. But like, anyway, but like, I do think, like you're saying, I think that people can have extra senses or have an ability to kind of have a feeling and know something is going to happen before it actually occurs. I've definitely felt that way watching sports. Yeah. I've definitely had that moment where I'm like, I know this guy's going to hit a home run. I can't, I can't like verbalize it, but then it happens and I'm like, you know, you just like have that moment sometimes, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. You, yeah. I'm, I, I, I won't be able to put a, put a finer thread on it than that, but it's, um, and the, 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 the other thing I was going to say was just like people who are lucky, like, you know, those people who are like always yeah. seem to make the right move. Like to me, to your point, it's a lighter shade. Like it's not, or, or if it is that, I don't know what the hell these scanners are doing, but start fixing shit. Like I, if these powers are real, people should start doing something productive. I, I that, like, if that lighter shade does exist, then I do believe it can be developed, and who's to say how far it can be developed? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the KGB and the CAA were up to. Um, you know, 
I know that there were acid tests and all kind, you know, and like even the the ephemeral drug in this movie, I kind of thought was a little bit akin to LSD in a certain way. Not that it made anybody hallucinate, but it just seemed like the whole idea of them giving that to pregnant mothers and then it creating scanner babies and stuff. I just thought there was a whole kind of thing, kind of point Cronenberg was trying to make well, with that aspect of it. I thought that was interesting, but I think the other question is like, do I believe that there's some group science group out there that thinks they can create people with these type of powers? Like maybe like with like, maybe like that's a scarier thought like uh, to me or like they can like train it. But like, th that's the thing about this film. Like, yeah, it's crazy out there stuff, but it's also not like government yeah. testing like psychedelics on like that happens. Like the, yeah. and the idea of concept, this like weird nebulous, like third party that's like, actually privately owned but really like a fully government funded or government empowered like to me my biggest question was concept like I, and again i just explained what they are i understand what they are but like in 1980 was that i i guess it's the middle of the cold war so they're probably more knowledgeable than we are now or like as, as a populace but like was it known that there were that like it, there was so back so little backstory on that and realizing that it came like 40 years ago i was just kind of curious like that it type as to like how big Consec is and what their other operations are because it seemed like the scanner program was a very small piece of Consec from what I was kind of understanding and then like Dr. Ruth kind of had control over that one program but that Consec itself seemed like and like it wasn't even clear to me if they were into other like national security type of stuff or if they were into other well, weird projects. I thought know, they were just R&D, but I was it seemed like they might have been yeah. like had like some of the guys seemed like they were more like boots on the ground. Like I, I at first I thought it was like an R&D science division, but then by the end I was like is this like the CIA? I like it was the guy who tried to kill the girl I'm blanking on on the name. Um but like the inside first of all, then there was the guy well, there who was like the Side of what, do we, did they ever explain why he turned against Consec? So he was working with Remick. Yeah, but Remick. did they explain why? That was, I was like... <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's like fully understood why, but like my understanding was that Remick, he's the one who's working, who's kind of running the ephemeral making factory. It was called like Amalgam something yeah. or other. And so my understanding was like they were like working and like Remick's whole idea was to create these scanner babies. And like he kind of says this in his ending monologue um, to the main character, where he's like, "We're going to create these babies. Me and you are going to train them and become powerful, and the scanners are basically going to take over the world." Kind of very similar to kind of like Magneto's plan with the mutants to kind of like take over humanity. I think. Eventually. Well, well, it's an interesting part. This is what I thought was so cool. And granted, this is coming out about seventeen years after X Men, and like seven years after it's been really popular so he's he's borrowing really heavily upon some x-men themes here but x-men borrowed those themes too so not 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 judging him for that but what i really liked was it's like the step before magneto it's as if magneto was the first mutant and there actually is a character there are some characters in, in x-men lore who fit this and to me that's so interesting and it's like it's almost sad he just doesn't want to be lonely anymore i mean it's more evil than that that's a pretty sympathetic but like if he like he doesn't want to be, well that's a very sympathetic look at it for Revic, but i thought there was something sympathetic about that about like him wanting more scanners now granted he basically if i understood correctly zombified most of the scanners under his control so it's really 
Like, is that right? Like, is it a hive mind? I got the sense that it was he was like almost operating oh, as a yeah, hive like, mind. When I when I started to, I mean, what I think was happening, <laughs> the the group that um, well, I, I keep forgetting the lead character's name, but the, he kind of runs into the Vale, Cameron Vale. Yeah, Cameron Vale. He finds um, the woman. Uh, the female character who's almost a love interest in the movie, but they don't quite go there. It seemed like they just kind of ran out of time, but like she's kind of with a group of scanners that seem like they're more positive or like they're not fully with Revic. Um, and that, but they still had contact with him. Like she knows who he is and knew details about him, but it, she, you know, she referred to him as a nightmare and stuff. And so it seemed to me like she was with a sect of scanners that were more benevolent. Um, I guess. Yeah. So I, my take was there were three sects. There was the consec. Yeah. What sect, which apparently they didn't even realize had been wiped out until the, the film started. And then apparently there was the benevolent like that, sect. Head exploded, he was like the last one. Yeah. Okay. And then so there was the, inevi- like the, the benevolent sect and then the Revic sect. Uh, yes. the, it's an interesting, like it isn't, I, I think I said before, I thought there was more theme than story. Like it is an interesting story. Um, There's I, also like, I, I do like, I like the guy who's like the artist character and like he has to kind of track him down to, to kind of like. The mystery. Well, the best part about the film was, so they, so to your point, they send, they base they recruit Vale, who's by Dr. Paul Ruth recruits Vale. Vale, they they basically give Vale two tests. I thought the test was cool how they tried to have him like go against a yogi to raise his heartbeat as like the, <laughs> and then uh, th- then they sent him out into the field and like an incredibly da- they gave him they almost set him up to fail, like they really set him I, up to fail. And, no, and well, yeah, one of my nitpicks would be I wasn't fully under, I didn't fully understand like why Cameron he's so quick to be like okay Dr. Ruth and Consec I'm working for you I'm gonna go undercover and, and like infiltrate Revic's scanner group and it just like I was just like why is he so quick to do this um that didn't quite click with me I, I mean I know later in the movie again in Revic's final scene he says that we're brothers and Ruth is our father and you know he, he kind of mentions that you know you can't remember your childhood that was another that whole, like Cain and Abel aspect going on at the end of the movie too you got Cain and Abel there are some other. I mean, that to me, I feel like there, there's. That's also like that's supposed to be a Vader moment. I am your brother. Like it's like there is. Uh, to be honest, I didn't like that. That also threw the whole yeah, movie. I'm not sure I gone there. Yeah. Like that, I like this film, but with that, then it also threw the whole thing with Doctor Paul Ruth. He goes from being this kind of like nebbish, like sympathetic, tragic guy, to being now he doesn't make any sense at all. He finds his son. He basically weaponizes both of his sons, pits them against each other, tries to have them kill each other. Like, wow. Like, that, think about that for a second. And then I, what I never, I still can't figure out why does he have that mental breakdown as they're trying to break out? And he just like sits in a seat and the guy walks in and shoots him. Like, that whole sequence. It was so weird. I was like, I actually almost believe this could happen, like in the chaos of all this. But like, I just didn't get why he sat down. Like, I, I, I it was so fully, confused. Yeah, and that didn't fully make sense to me either. I mean, I, it seemed like it almost seemed like he was having a realization that deep down he was a scanner too, or something. I think that's what he was kind of talking to himself about. But that didn't fully make sense because 
I thought that the like he kind of mentioned that, that the ephemeral thing was discovered by accident. And so I was assuming that he used it to create his two sons. I don't know if they're actually biological sons or if he just kind of like used that on pregnant women and created them as the first two. Um, uh, again, it's kind of left ambiguous, but like, even if they are his real sons, it didn't make total sense to me that he would also be a scanner. Maybe he's just been around him enough that it kind of unlocks something in his mind or something. But like, I, yeah, I mean, it did make a full sense to me that he just kind of sat down, lost in his thoughts and let a guy shoot him in the head. Yeah, it was it was just weird. It was a weird sequence of events, and this is a movie full of weird sequence of events. And uh, that was that that was just the only thing for me. That was really the only thing for me that stood out. Where I was like, you didn't develop this. Like, if it what whatever the answer is, they didn't develop the story or like what his character enough for any of them to really. I. Not, not to say it doesn't work, film works, but just like that, I'm, I won't yeah, harp no, on it. And like, one of the things I actually thought about was like, I thought there should have been a scene kind of in the later half of the movie where the, Dr. Ruth does talk to Revik. I thought there should, and like, I would have had Revik probably kill Ruth instead of the way it goes down with him in that whole weird shooting sequence and concept. Like, I think there should have been a scene where, you know, maybe he's sacrificing himself to save Cameron or something, but like where like Revit kind of corners him and like, they could have had a really good back and forth. I also thought those were the two best actors in the movie. Yeah. Again, this is a movie populated by a lot of not well-known actors because it is a low budget movie. Ironside really stands out, honestly, with his acting. He's the only one that kind of has an edge to him. Even the guy playing Cameron Bale, I thought was a little wooden in a lot of the scenes. Uh, he did have a couple scenes where he kind of made me think twice about him, but like overall, I didn't think the acting was like top top notch. Um, it was good. It was good enough to get the to for the movie, but it's just kind of like you know you're not dealing with like superstars acting wise. You know? No, yeah, there were many heavyweights. Um, yeah, I'm not going to rewrite it. It felt like they were building up to a, a finale with all three of the characters, like in Revic, either, but whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a good ending. Let, let's talk about the finale for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> the, I would say it's the second climb, like famous sequence of this duel, and you get to see like the picture from the. The cover and most of the posters and Michael Ironside's face, like it looks like it's lighting up and about to explode. And you realize like it's actually part of a much longer, that happens early in a much longer telepathic duel. That's like part body horror, part telepathic, telepathy duel as they are like just pounding, like torturing each other's bodies with their powers. And it's a really cool, it's, it's, it can be weird. That may not be everyone's face, but it's a really cool, interesting sequence that I thought was like, to me, outside of the opening scene, like why this film works, like it's weird to your point, it doesn't have the best actors, but it handles this type of like mind battle, psychic battle yeah. so well. And it's like, it's yeah. the music, the score is perfect. The acting's great. The effects are great. And the it's like just perfectly coordinated and edited in a yeah. great, and I like I the agree. ending yeah. too. The music and the effects really take you to a weird place um, that like only Cronenberg can really take you in a moment like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. And like, you're watching it and you're kind of in pain watching these two guys. Yeah. Like destroy each other's minds. And also like the, 
that whole aspect at the end of the duel too, where the woman comes back in and she sees Bale's burned up and Ironside's like hiding in the corner. But then when he talks to her, it sounds like Cameron Bale has like jumped into his mind. And it wasn't clear that like, I think there's two ways to read it. I think one way to read it is that Bale left his conscious body and like went in to Ironside's body. And the other way to read it is that Ironside won the duel and now both, because he kind of says, like, I'm going to suck your mind out of your body or something like that. And so I think you could also see it as, like, he sucked Vale into his body and now they both kind of exist inside of Ironside. Kind of almost doubling his power or something. Oh, that's interesting. The thing I read was pretty definitive that it was Vale had managed to switch his consciousness. But I kind of like the ambiguity more also yeah, to I mean, your I point i think that's the natural w- way to read it is that they all jumped bodies um, but, but i do think there's like another way of looking at it too. but you just know but yeah you just made a really good point because he said i'm gonna suck you up like yeah. that's exactly what he would be able to do and then the other thing it's like well his scar is gone and it's like the the things i read use that as a sign that revic was gone but my but now that we're talking about it why would only his scar be gone? Like, why would his face be different? Like, I guess where I'm going with this is, is it is scar gone because it's Vale, or is a scar gone because Revic has more power now and can like physically transform yeah. himself? I mean, at that point, it's almost like a being John Malkovich kind of thing. It's like who's inside the body, and like you don't quite get a reaction from the girl. And like, I think that's why it goes to the credits quickly because. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that I think the natural way of reading it is just that Bale jumped bodies. But I think if you think about it a little bit and, and again listen to his dialogue before the duel, there could be something more going on there. Wait, um, this is upsetting. They didn't even keep Ironside for scanners too. Like, was there scanners too? There's been well, it seems like they're mostly straight to video or like. taking a quick break and we'll be right back and we are back from our break so Seth you mentioned before what would your dream casting be or the lead for Cameron Vale. Yeah, so if I had, if I was casting, I think I would have tried to get Goldblum into that role. I think he did, like he really fits well in the Cronenberg movies, and I think he would have done well um, giving that lead actor uh, just a little more flavor and not having it be kind of more of a wooden, stoic type of person. Uh, I also think he would have done well with like the facial acting and stuff, and so I probably would have gone with him. I think that would have been a much better decision. That I, I, I don't want to be mean. Like Lack is Doc, Stephen Lack is, he's good in the role, but like, it, uh, I, as someone with a little more charisma, I think would have gone a long way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to be negative. I really did like the film. I, I thought the film was really great. Um, there was there was a lot, a lot to like. Definitely some questions. I like. I'm coming. My biggest disappointment, my biggest gripes are like that they didn't follow up with more, like or better content. Scanners. I wanted more scanners. I wanted to see Michael. 
If Ironside's still kicking, it's not too late. We can get a make make this sequel. I, I do love Ironside, and like I think this is one of the first on a long run of like villainous roles that he plays. Um, but he does like he has an intensity to him um, that the other actors in the movie just don't have, and so I think he he does kind of steal the movie in a lot of ways. Anytime he's on the screen, um, I definitely perked up, and like he was grabbing my attention more so. Than the other people for sure watching um, him in this is like watching like when you're at a minor league game and you see like yeah. the guy like oh it's like oh he's so good it's like oh he's actually in the major leagues he's rehabbing or it's like you're yeah. at a high school and it's like who's that kid it's like oh he's actually going d1 like he is so head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of talent it's like yeah he, he just he jumps out from the screen i yeah i fully agree and like in a way cronenberg does too where you're just like this movie is so much more interesting if it only had like a little bit bigger budget and like maybe a couple other, you know, well-known actors for him to work with. I think it would have been a bigger thing. Um, working with what he has, like he does a really good job. Um, I will, I'll give you one little nitpick I had. <laughs> the whole scene where like uh, he scans the computer over the phone and then, then like a computer also has a nervous system. I was kind of like, uh, I don't know about this whole, I mean, I feel like I, I was I was buying the ESP element from human to human, but when he does it over the phone, I was like, I don't know if this could, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what like Neo's doing too in the Matrix, so maybe it isn't that far-fetched. Well, it's interesting. That's, again, not, not that everything leads back to Marvel, but that is, they, to be honest, they they borrowed pretty heavily from Marvel and X-Men. Um and that's something that they can do in X-Men. So it's actually, it's I didn't like that in X-Men. It's something like Professor X can scan computers. It kind of varies depending on the writer, like what that means. But yeah. um, but that's something I'm there's familiar. There's that character in DC too. What's his, like, the robotic guy? Well, it's so it's interesting. <laughs> well, well, it's different. So technically those are like two different things. So Cyborg can control technology, but oh, it's exactly. more so like, yeah, and it, but it's like I guess it would be the difference of like Cyborg could get the machine to do anything he wanted, like by commanding it. I think it's like with Professor X, it's more like asking, and I don't know if he could actually affect the machine. And I don't think he can actually affect the machine. It's generally more like, or maybe he can. It's I don't know. It's a nebulous area for certainly, and it's it's it's, it's interesting. I did enjoy the explosion that that, that it caused uh, when it when it all went haywire. Yeah, that that was some that was some fun. <laughs> um, oh man, it was nuts. I'm I'm ready to go in for my uh, final score, whatever you are, my man. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm ready for final score. I like the directing. I like the music a lot. I think that's a real underrated part of it. Um, the acting is what it is. Ironside's definitely the standout. Um. The themes are interesting, though. It did it did make me think about ESP and telekinetic stuff, and like whether that exists in the real world, and you know, if I thought I could access that part of my brain or something. Um, I also I think the ending is is good is good. Like I like the duel, and I like the whole kind of switching consciousness thing at the end. I think that works um, as you go into the credits. I think I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a seven, just a seven on the nose. Ooh, I like it um i'm I'm coming in oh, i like that a lot i'm coming in close to you i'm coming in i'm gonna give a little bump i'm coming in 
7.4. I, I, I might not have come off. I mentioned how this film kind of borrows from X-Men and comic books. Um, I, I hope it came off positive because one of the things I also realized is that this is like the first time we're seeing like some powers or this kind of, this is the closest thing to a modern comic book movie I've seen made before 1998. Like it's like, yeah. and I think it's really interesting and, um, and, and I guess this is a movie I think they could remake in a really cool way or like as a TV show, yeah. like these facts, like it, it, again, it's not easy because you need the right like direction and vision to kind of bring these to life. But like if you add like telekinesis and some other things, like you can basically recreate this as like a more a darker X-Men like modern X-Men or something, or like have a more political spot. There's just so many avenues and go. I, I really like it. So I, I'm kind of giving it some, maybe a little bump for both like legacy as well as still untapped potential. But yeah, I really like this film. Yeah. No, I think that's kind of the most interesting aspect is like, it does kind of have this comic book element to it in terms of the powers, but like it's so grounded in reality and it's done in such like a more of a horror movie type of way. Um, which is like not the feel you get when you watch like a DC or or a Marvel movie right now. Yeah, it's that, that that's the thing. I really liked it, and this is still like we've seen some R-rated stuff, but I just haven't I haven't seen another film like this. Like, and it's not comic book, well, comic book, sci-fi, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that, and maybe it's just me. I have an app. I'm like, feel like this is this scratched an itch that I want to scratch again. And I, I don't want to watch scanners too. Um, uh, so I'm trying to figure out how to like, do that. I do, I do think it should be remade. I think if you got some heavy hitter actors and a director that like could really do well, um, with just kind of like the atmosphere and everything, um, and, and kind of do effects in it, like a combination, I would, I would say like a practical and CGI and try to push the limits a little bit. I think it is ripe for like a, a good kind of remake, but I also I don't know if there's problems with Cronenberg signing off on that. I kind of think he put the kibosh on, on some of those projects they tried to do afterwards. I have to imagine he did, even if he didn't before. He definitely has recently because I know for like every streaming service has been trying to find some type of relevant sci-fi yeah. content. Like they're literally they're paying people to write comic books to make into shows. Basically, it's yeah, it's nuts. It could, yeah, it could easily be a prestige TV uh, kind of thing too, where like a guy slowly develops his skills and then infiltrates, you know, the underground scanner scene. <laughs> Netflix could make this for twenty million dollars right now and give him another twenty million dollars, and it would be like, yeah, it's. So I guess yeah, that's. I, I still want to see more, even though I realize he might not want to. <laughs> more. Those are two pretty good scores from us. Yeah. Seven and a seven point four. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. It's been a long time since I'd seen it. Yeah. Okay. Look at us. We're doing it. <laughs> it's happening. All right. Seven, seven, four. Until I scan you next time. Scan you later. Woo. Oh wait. Seth, we almost signed off. You forgot to say goodbye to your friends. Goodbye, friends. Bye. <laughs>